We've got like a billion tens from other people this year. I was it's wondering crazy. actually if I should post something on Friendsgiving and be like, look, you left stuff. We're Is like, it mine now? Or? You left stuff. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We're keeping your festive tins. <laughs> I'm keeping all these festive Those are Jessica's tins. tins. Well, they were. <laughs> <laughs> and was like, hold on. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of something festive to say. Merry Christmas and welcome to Categorical Oracle, the podcast where three librarians, parenthetical Santa's elves, give neglected (laughs) topics their organizational due. I'm Mary Johnston and with me are fellow oracles, Kelly Condity and Andrew Crawford. What's going on, guys? Are you ready for Christmas? Uh, Can you ever truly be ready? My question to you. I've been pulling green books off the shelves for weeks, <laughs> building my tree. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a librarian, that's a librarian uh, joke. Christmas tree joke. But I like to think universally hilarious. I mean, everybody gets book trees, right? Well, you know, it's yeah. like how seasonally you put out books that are the colors of the season. You take out all of your spring yeah. colored books and you put just, up all your fall colored books. Well, I always put orange books in trees. Oh, uh, there you go. Then they fall down, and we rake them up, uh, and and subsequently all the squirrels beneath them that had to sacrifice themselves for the <laughs> by, getting hit, by getting, by hit, getting by hit by an orange encyclopedia. Yeah, I mean, like orange <laughs> books typically pretty heavy. Fun fact. <laughs> I don't know. That's a lie, but you can also a festive one. make snowmen. And I saw on like a library joke. Make snowmen. You can I, make a snowman Kelly, with books. Kelly, yes. I buy my snowmen. <laughs> That's how I like to live my life. And the joke was uh, that 90% of uh, book snowmen are named Mark. Bookmark. Oh, yeah. And also Mark classification system. That's a librarian joke. That's the librarian That's, joke. A... You told the nine. <laughs> I'm sorry, I told a B-side joke, which fits perfectly oh. with what we're doing this evening, which is I challenged all of you. I assigned and challenged you guys to watch B-side Christmas specials. So not The Grinch, not Rudolph. Uh, what other famous Christmas specials? Frosty. Not Frosty. Heck no. Heck uh, no. Frosty and uh, Rudolph's Christmas in July? I'm talking about like B side. <laughs> that's, that's a D side Christmas special. That's a D side. Check out last year's Christmas episode to learn all about that. I still yes. get many Ethel Merman recommendations on Spotify. Like I got an <laughs> Ethel Merman uh, disco album recommendation. What? It was great. It was oh, just regular uh, Ethel Merman singing, oh, and then they disco. put a disco beat behind her. Uh, <laughs> that does sound great. It was great. Mm. You know what else was great? We've all been crafting original categories for each item on our list. Each episode, we're going to compare notes and select the best category for each item. Uh, are you guys ready to get into our topic? Yeah. You, you you challenged us. <laughs> us. Are you ready? We accepted your challenge. And what an emotional roller coaster that ended up being. <laughs> <laughs> so much more than I expected. <laughs> All right. Well, Andrew, since you're already talking, you oh, go yeah. first. All right. Let's do that. Um, Introduce let's... your list item uh, and then give us a quick recap. My list item is as personal. short as it can be, I suppose. Uh, an appropriately lengthy <laughs> Yeah, uh, a comfortably length. Uh, a recap that's just like a log on a fire yeah, with a recliner and some chestnuts. Yeah. Cozy, cozy, cozy. Yeah. Put your nuts on a fire and get ready. 
See, that's that's going to be my second one. I recap as we get to <laughs> in, in just a bit. Um, so I start off um, with one of my personal favorite B side Christmas specials: the He Man and She Ra Christmas special. She Ra, She Now, for context, I didn't actually watch the He Man cartoon as a kid. It was a little bit too early for me, um, and just wasn't to my taste. Which makes the, my enjoyment of this even more insane because this thing, when it starts, it starts. There's no, <laughs> there there's no like no backstory. Backstory. You, it assumes you need to know. Stuff going yeah. in. Otherwise, it just looks like the most fabulous people in the world are starting off by just decorating a castle with Christmas things, but not for Christmas, for someone's birthday, not Jesus's birthday, but He Man's birthday, also She Ra's birthday. Huh. I did so, not make that connection that they were like basically Jesus Christ. Carry on. Well, yeah, they, they jointly are like a more righteous mixed gender Jesus Christ. It's really lucky that they love those uh, tree boughs. And bows, red bows, (laughs) and they love garland of popcorn and cranberries strung together. Of course, and giant furs. Wait, you think it's not just because the T Man and Shira? That's just what twins like. Oh, that's how twins celebrate their birthday with Christmas decorations. Yeah, it's weird, right? Um, It's very pagan. I think Mary (laughs) Mary made a great observation about the opening decorating scene in which uh, character who can fly. I don't know that character's name. It's like it's like. Flip a pina. Yeah, all like of them are like uh, inas, so it's yeah, like yeah. fly a nina, wing wing atolia, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I made zero effort to learn anybody's name, so I know. tried. But like, what's funny is I tried. I learned everybody's names. Well, you guys are uh, garbage. Carry on. Well, <laughs> thank you. Anyway, this this winged character is in the air asking, like, is this a good position for like a ribbon? Just midair. Wasn't hanging anything. Just just hovering. She's this where we want this to be? I'm going to hang here. Is the she entire, just going to stay up there? For the entire birthday season. For the for the holidays? Anyway, Wingatolia aside. Um, so we begin with this scene where all these fantastic characters are hanging things. And uh, then we cut very quickly uh, to He-Man and Man-at-Arms, two characters from the show, uh, who are checking out a spy satellite called the Sky Spy. Uh, and then... Uh, Orko the wizard slash the worst rapper I've ever heard. Um, who's just like this tiny faceless guy whose spells are just shitty rhymes, basically. He basically is a... Um, he's basically wearing like a red flannel undershirt and a scarf and then he has eyes peeking out underneath a classic, classic exactly. witch's hat. Like, a, like a Jawa a sporting, a, from a sorting Star Wars. Hat, if you will. <laughs> yes. Jawa in a sorting hat and a red cape. Yeah. Floating. Um, Floating and no dropping fiends. sick flows to make things happen. So, uh, Orko... But sick like ill. <coughs> yeah, like, like bubonically ill. How can I get this thing down? Oh, should I try a spell? Why not? Sky spy, sky spy, skippity skate, take me down to someplace safe. Uh, so, Orko uh, gets into the cockpit of a satellite. I'll point out to you, which sure. seems a little bit unnecessary. A goofs around and gets this thing launched into space. Uh, well, into the sky. The physics and science aren't super important. They're not very clear if it like breaks the atmosphere. Yeah, or not. well, it does eventually. Not something to over overtax your mind about with. Um, Is there a weather balloon involved? <laughs> <laughs> not this time. Not like a real life. Um, but then uh, a conjoined twin monster that's dumb as a box of rocks, two box of rocks, because two brains, presumably, uh, tries to catch them at the behest of Skeletor, does a terrible job. He-Man and his substantially cooler sister, She-Ra, get, She-Ra, on, She-Ra. get on that shit and uh, just mess this thing up. And at one point, uh, this is not narratively important, but Skeletor shouts, Get it! Scoop it up! And I just couldn't stop laughing. About the satellite. Like, Scoop it up! Like, Scoop up the satellite! <laughs> like, okay. 
<laughs> out it's, of the stars? With, oh, yeah. with what? With, with giant the, fish. The crab fish. claws on the space slash skyship. One that of those things in. that they put out if you're in a, in a vaudeville act and you're, fi- oh, and you're, just, and you're bombing. Yeah. A big shepherd's crook. Exactly. <laughs> um, so He-Man gets on this thing and then some thinly veiled kinky bondage shit goes down. Um, and uh, then they proceed to tear holes in the side of the ship and make it crash. But, oh no, the Sky Spy has managed to get out of the atmosphere on a trajectory towards Earth. Again, don't overthink it. Uh, so the Sky Spy crashes It crashes, and our uh, uh, our main MC, Notorquous... B.I.G. finds his ass on a collision course with Earth. Drops some smooth flows. Help! Help! Somebody's in trouble. I better take a look. Miguel! Oh oh my gosh! They'll be buried by that avalanche! What spell can I use? Little children up and away! Play in the snow another day! Uh, saves a couple of kids from an avalanche, and then the meaning of Christmas is revealed to him in a cutscene. Not a cutscene, it cuts away. They don't tell you anything about no, no, no. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's great. They're like, well, let me tell you about Christmas. Cut away. Back to Eternia. Uh, so back in Eternia, our heroes realize that, uh, the, how bad Orko has messed up everything and begin a bonkers plan to save him that involves... Uh, well, first of all, it begins with a very uncomfortably sexual goodbye from He-Man <laughs> to his sister, She-Ra, uh, tracking down a water crystal that's guarded by the beast monster that's not a description that's its name that's, that's its name. name cool the beast monster uh some huge robots named the monstroids is that uh, the kingdom or you think like the species <laughs> i mean i'm gonna go phylum, phylum. which is a good just guess it's it's uh, the beast first of, name yeah is what it is <laughs> yeah. proper title <laughs> you please mr Kelly. monster was my father at the i will bring up my point at the end mm-hmm all right. So um, there's some huge robots that are basically like the weirdest knockoff Transformers called Monstroids. Better name the Transformers. They kind of look like Rock'em Sock'em robots. Too. Yeah. They're and very they square. They don't really move in a way. They don't have so much move because this is cheap animation. But um, they shuffle around a bit, but they're huge. Um, so they pop up and they shoot She-Ra with a laser, which looks super da- like dangerous. Nope. Laser just puts her in a bubble that she cuts right out of. Uh, low stakes. Low stakes laser she-ra, activity. She-Ra, um, So they find the water crystal. Ice, I guess. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> Ice question mark. <laughs> yeah. And they use that in a machine that shoots a transport beam, which Orko uses to kidnap these children. Um, so Skeletor has a boss first of all I didn't know that Horde Prime not Lord Crime as Mary thought which would have been a much better name Lord Crime Lord Crime so uh, Lord Crime (laughs) say Horde Prime Uh, (laughs) Lord Crime makes way more sense agreed like is like so many questions Horde Prime so he's like many but he's the first yeah he's the first group of people he's the first of many villainous I guess but anyways, Lord Crime, that's just straight up. Yeah, I'm the yeah. king of I'm the king of crime. Yeah, yeah. Or, or at least the Lord. A, 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 I mean, yeah. he's not a lower, He's uh, not as high as a king. I'm Mr. Crime <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> um, so Skeletor's boss, uh, Horde Prime, who seems to be a, a fist in a cloud, um, summons him to stop to stop the power of Christmas, which these kidnapped children have inadvertently brought into the land of Eternia. Uh, apparently, mm. Christmas is the most threatening thing to this villain who's a fist in the clouds. Sure. Because ki- Santa's going to punch right through him. Yeah, exactly. Super, <laughs> Delivering super presents. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so the kids are, are notably pissed about missing Christmas. Uh, so I'm assuming the queen? Um, 
the, the, the most prominent female who is not the winged or otherwise spectacular. She read. She read. <laughs> um, she says, hey, don't worry about it. We'll just combine Christmas with the twins' birthday. Again, really reinforcing the He-Man and She-Ra are Space Jesus. Also, not solving anything yeah, with no, that not at all. solution. Yeah, I mean, where are you going to get uh, nutmeg-flavored things? Where are there going to be candy canes? There was a lot of Christmas stuff ahead of time. Well, it seems like there's a so. lot of problems. Combining the twins' birthday with Christmas doesn't solve any of them. How, was, do, how are they going to get these children home? I was like, how are how they... How are they going to punish Orko? Yeah, yeah, they, no, no need. How are those children going to get presents? Are the twins going to be mad that they have to share presents? Or, oh, or their birthday. I mean, whatever. Um, but With things, Jesus. Yeah. But things seem kind of okay. Um, the kids are having a good time. They're in a garden. And then a, uh, a, a Tom of Finland illustration <laughs> leads the kids in a sing-along that is just kind of actually pretty good. It's okay. We've got just the right setting for my new Christmas song. Let's try it. Love and caring, Mary's shaking her head. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, this guy... Um, it's terrible. The, the sexiest man ever put into a cartoon <laughs> sings this song. Uh, and then a ship shaped mysteriously like an eggplant emoji uh, kidnaps the kids again before being stopped, uh, before being grabbed quite firmly from Scoop the sky. Scooped up! Scooped <laughs> um, up! By the monstroids. Uh, luckily, a psychic peacock woman uh, figures out where the kids are and that the man-sheens... The tiny, adorable, but super scary-looking adversaries of the Monstroids. Monstroids against the Manchines. <laughs> yeah. Florence um, and the Manchines. <laughs> if only. That's, that would be killer cover bands. <laughs> but, like, you know, all dudes. Rage against the Manchines. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just super cute. <laughs> um, so the kids just get... slightly anger, angry at yeah, the Manchines. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then the kids get kidnapped again by Skeletor, who then gets Scold shot. Yes, go Um Who then gets shot gently out of the sky by Hordak, uh, his his counterpart in Shira's universe, also an underling of Horde Prime. I'm assuming a preferred underling because of the similarity between their names, or maybe like just a little bit of suck up. I don't know. I don't know. I think they like pit them against each other. Yeah, it's like a it's like a rivalry. mommy dearest situation. Yeah, exactly. But Skeletor is basically like so they crash, and Skeletor is fully ready to watch these kids die in the snow. He's just like, yeah, whatever, whatever. I don't care. Walk, and they're like, we're freezing to death. He's like, I don't care. But then Skeletor has a, a seminal moment in his life in which he learns about Christmas. And his heart grew, I would say, at least three to four sizes. There's a um, third act uh, Grinch twist. Skeletor! Skeletor! Thank you, Skeletor! Thanks so much! He saved us! He saved you? Yes, I, I, I guess I did. I wish I knew why. Oh, oh I, I don't think I feel well. Well, I think you're feeling the Christmas spirit, Skeletor. It makes you feel good. Well, I don't like to feel good. I like to feel evil. Oh. Don't worry, Skeletor. Christmas only comes once a year. Ah, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Skeletor is actually the surprise hero of this piece. He saves these children, fights off a snow beast, a, a cleverly named snow beast. Oh, as and, opposed uh, to a beast monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a snow beast monster. Good Christ, can no. you imagine? Um, what would that even be? A real dumb looking creature. Mm, a Loch Ness in the snow. Exactly. So the kids get back. Um to Eternia, to the castle, and eventually back to home, and we find out that they were given uh, hover belts, which seems like a super irresponsible gift to give a couple of children. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, I take a hover belt. Yeah, Thanks. I love it. It'd be wonderful. But yeah, uh, and then you know, Christmassy, uh, Christmassy, Christmassy stuff happens. <laughs> That's it, and then it ends. Yeah, great. It is. It is madness. Like the the, the it is one of the most frenetic Christmas specials ever. Um, I wouldn't watch this if you were prone to seizures. <laughs> a lot of sharp cuts and flashing lights and swords being used as uh, lassos and lasers. If you're it will help. Oh, my God, yeah. You, God bless you. You'll have a much better time. Uh, but yeah, that, that is, in a nutshell, the He-Man, She-Ra Christmas special. Or really, I'm going to call She-Ra. it the She-Ra He-Man Christmas special. Because let's be honest. That, she does more work than he does. You failed yeah. to mention my favorite part of this oh, whole please. thing. Uh, the, um, oh, man, what's the, what's her horse's name? Oh, my God. Um... Um, Swift Wind or Swift Swifty. Swifty's voice. So, so Shira, Shira has this beautiful white horse. She rides around Swift Wind. How, would you like to hasten? It's named after a fart. Come on. Would you like to, a quick fart. Would you like to hasten a guess on what that animal's voice sounds like? A Care Bears. Swift Wind, are you all right? Yes, but where are the children? It's like much. It's like it's like it's like a care. It's like a was a Care Bear became more like a a Care Bear who has a five pack a day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Macy Gray, the Care Bear, (laughs) but a man. But a man. Hi, I'm Swiftwind, a rainbow horse. It's wild. We watch it. We watched it. How many? How many times? Like we watch it every year for many years. For many years, at least five or six, and I still am always, always, (laughs) always surprised by the way that Swift One sounds. Yeah, it's it's. I'd recommend it. That's my my take. Um, But yeah, um, I would like to posit a theory. Please do. I posit that when the satellite came crashing down, that that was the star in the east that the wise men saw. So they're celebrating Christmas even though Jesus has just been born. Oh, Jesus is He-Man. That's the ultimate Got twist. Got it. His also, name is Adam, first man. Oh, damn. Also, uh, let me also posit that maybe the last two-thirds of this entire epic are just Orko's dying visions in the wreck in the wreckage. <laughs> it's a... If only movie? we were yeah. so lucky. Yeah. Um, I think it's a Jacob's Ladder. Is that it's what a Jacob's, Jacob's Ladder situation, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I... Because again, I I never I've never watched He Man, but basically, as far as I know, they crammed as many individual He Man and She Ra characters from every possible iteration, and like side characters. And I don't know if the the Manchines had their own show. It feels like they must have, or like were prominent within it. So my category for this was uh, Twelve Days Early, because it's like the Twelve Day Twelve Days of Christmas, but all at once, every single thing on that list popping out at the same time. It's pretty great. Thank you. Thank you. I called it. Uh, well, so since He-Man is famously a... Uh, joke? <laughs> joke. It is famously a uh, TV show structured around selling a toy. I called it uh, stocking stuffed right down your throat. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a That's lot. That's a good one. 
So I did Christmas songs for all of mine, um, or like embedding my things into Christmas songs. I can I tell you that I thought about texting Andrew this morning, be like, "Let's not make them Christmas themed this week. <laughs> 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 Let's make Mary be alone again." Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but uh, I what I really. Like, what stands out to me is I feel like nothing is explained. You're dropped right in the action. They're like, well, and this is, of course, Fly a Pina. And also um, Peacock Psychic Lady. <laughs> and here's, and we're also visiting a, a mermaid that you all know very well. And Remista. also, and Remista. And here's the man Sheens and their dog, obviously, which you know. And my cousin Zipper. And you're like, what? Huh? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. So, and it's all very, like, grand and large, and there are castles and monsters and space and all this kind of, like, wild, fantastical stuff. So I call this a step into Mythmas, let's get together. It's just not a myth that I'm familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one, man. I think it's between you two. Um, okay, what was yours again? Stocking, stocking stuff right down your throat. I think in this particular case, it's that. It's got it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a toys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toys. Nice. Toys. Toys. Well, that was uh, that was the one I was one I was responsible for. Hey, Kelly, I think you're next on this. I uh, am. I am list. next. Around the horn. I watched uh, Blackadder's Christmas Carol, which, as you might imagine, is a version of a Christmas Carol. Oh. Um, it's a reverse Christmas Carol where Mr. Bean starts off as the nicest man in England <laughs> and learns how to be bad. Hagrid visits to congratulate him on being great and lets him see all of his ancestors. Um, and he learns that they're all bad. And rather than being convinced that he is better than them and should be uh, and should continue to be good, he really admires them and how witty they are at getting their way. Uh, Stephen Fry gets beheaded. House gets to play Prince George. And Rita Skeeter <laughs> plays multiple queens. Uh, he wakes up a different man. And he's bitter and greedy and insults, openly insults two strangers. Aunt Prudence from Miss Fisher's Murder Mystery and Frank Butterman from Hot Fuzz. Uh, who are actually Victorian Alberts in disguise. I flatter myself we are rather special guests, sir. Oh, of course. I must apologize. It is not that one receives a Christmas visit from two such distinguished guests. Ah, so you recognize us at last. Yes, unless I'm very much mistaken, you're the winner of the Round Britain Shortest, Fattest, Dumpiest Woman competition. <laughs> and for her to be accompanied by the winner of this year's Stupidest Accent Award is really quite overwhelming. <laughs> Talk it, fatso. <laughs> Don't you realise that this is the Victorian age where apart from Queen Piglet features herself, women and children are to be seen and not heard. Queen Piglet features? Yes. Empress Oink, as lads call her. <laughs> the only person in the kingdom who looks daft than her is that stupid frankfurter of a husband. The pig and the prig, we call them. How they ever managed to produce their 112 children is quite beyond me. <laughs> And they were about to award him uh, 50,000 pounds and the title of Baron Blackadder for being the nicest man in England. And he found out after he was having a big old lunch uh, by from his servant. That's right. Huh. Baldrick. Baldrick. Uh, Blackadder's great. Blackadder. It's such a good show. I forget about it sometimes. 
And I wish, you know, Mr. Bean's fine, but Blackadder, in terms of Rowan Atkinson's like work, is something that everyone should check out. It's yeah. You should so fully funny. skip the first season. Yeah, <laughs> First yeah, season yeah. is garbage. Go right to number two and you'll be fine. Yeah, it's yeah. actually been on one of my lists to watch forever and ever, and then I've never watched it. So mm-hmm. I really should. This yeah. should be my spirit. You moment. really should. Yeah, you're Do you know? So kind of the background is each season takes place in a different time. time. And this one is in Victorian time. And then all the other Hence, times. Including the future. <laughs> Including the future. Yeah. I love that when Hugh Laurie uses his natural accent, he sounds like the most foolish human being in the world. He does. And two what? Two syllables. <laughs> two silly bulls? <laughs> Not in the Bible. I can remember a fatted calf, but as I recall, that was quite a sensible animal. Oh, hi. Ah, is it um, uh, Noah's Ark with the uh, two pigs, two ants, and two silly bulls? Is, is two what? syllables. What? Look, we're getting confused. Let's start again, shall we? No, let's not. Like, I don't think the whole game's getting a bit silly, to be honest. He's a very goofy British person, but he's the most serious American. I when don't he does know why. The, it's so, he's I like, don't know he's why they make him alternately serious when he, has, when he has an American accent. Is this the episode where they have thought a cat had done his business on his pie, but it turned out to be an extra large blackberry? No, that's not this one. (laughs) It's a good line. (laughs) That one sticks out. Uh, They did. uh, One of the things that I did learn is they talk about how uh, a baby dies, as they do in Victorian times. So they didn't have a baby Jesus. So they used a dog. And then uh, they didn't have enough kids (laughs) to be shepherds. So they had dogs be shepherds, too. And then Jesus tried to hump one of the shepherds. <laughs> That's a Baldrick put together thing. Yes. Not? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, apparently this is one of the first, like, it was something was edited out of the special. And it wasn't even in the special that you got for me. Mm. In that they then made a reference to the Jesus dog on Easter. <laughs> and people were like, too much, too much, too much. The Jesus dog on Easter. Yeah, that was like played once on the Beeb. And then yeah. they were like, nope. nope. Now, I'm going to make a deep cut here, guys, to my own, to some really early episodes of this show that we're on. What's the what, what's up with the Easter again? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I'm going to have to just get you a child's Bible. <laughs> you can read through it in an afternoon. There will be lots of lovely pictures. pictures. Oh, okay. yeah. great. I'm sure it's... Just take them to a Catholic church when they're doing the Stations of the Cross. That'll be fun. <laughs> he won't know anything... Well, I don't know about Easter. You won't know anything about Christmas. It'll be now. like watching the He-Man, She-Ra special. I'll have no idea what is she going bra, on mythologically. Bra. Is that one of the songs? <laughs> is that, is that is one of Jesus' songs? And now open your hymnals to the theme from She-Ra. And now open to... Open your hymnals to 382. She-Ra, She-Ra. <laughs> our, our communion hymn. Nice. Um, so I think this is an excellent B-side. This shouldn't be a B-side. This should be an A-side. We should bump Frosty from the roster. <laughs> and this should move into first place because it is quite original and it's very good. And so I said, oh, what fun it is to watch a B-side show that slays. Hey! Oh, okay. Okay. I, I think one recurring theme I noticed a few of these was sort of weird twists on history. And this is obviously one of those. So I went with uh, alternate, not history, but Christory. Spelled uh, Christ story. Because it's Christmas. Uh, because it is funny. I called it. <laughs> yes. I called it. Ha 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 ha. 
my God, Kelly. It's all this. <laughs> um, I'm leaning more towards Mary in this one. Yes. Though, Kelly, your category about laughing did make me laugh a lot. <laughs> so, secondary points to that. It was very difficult to pick a... Once I realized that I wanted to make the joke, it was very difficult to pick a particular sleigh song. Sleigh song. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up is me. So I watched Pee-wee's Playhouse Christmas special, um, a thing that I have seen since becoming an adult but did not watch when I was a kid, which would turn out to be a mistake because I'm sure I would have loved it. I mean, this is basically the most you thing I've yeah. ever seen my it's entire life. It's a pretty life. wild it's a also, pretty wild story. Also, this is legitimately one of the greatest pieces of art produced in the 20th century. It's so good. I read a really good AV Club oh, article it. about it, which I will post on our social media. But um, So, tell you a little bit about it. On Christmas Eve in 1988, the year of my birth, Pee-wee is writing his letter to Santa with his robot pal, Conky2000. When Miss Yvonne, the most beautiful woman in puppet land, stops by, bedecked in a glorious Christmas dress. Her hairdo incorporates a festive sprig of mistletoe so that she can have the most Christmas kisses. Pee-wee asks that she give him his present before she, quote-unquote, makes out with the whole playhouse, but is disappointed when it is, in fact, a fruitcake. He cheers up and gives her Eau de Pee-wee, perfume that smells exactly like himself. Then Reba the male lady shows up to deliver him yet another fruitcake. He gives her press-on toenails in exchange. <laughs> a huge box. She delivers a huge, also a huge box that was actually meant for the White House. And inside is a dazzling Grace Jones dressed in a plastic futuristic Egyptian pharaoh headdress, mannequin torso, and a ball gown skirt. Sidebar. Why was Ronald Reagan ordering Grace Jones to the White House? Well, somebody was sending Grace Jones to him. Yeah, who was, or possibly... Mm. Also, the late George H.W. Bush in 1988. Why mm. was the Postmaster General not right up on Pee Wee for opening someone else's mail? Yeah. Especially well, yeah. the well, White House's I, mail. I think technically Grace Jones opened herself. Okay. So. Yeah. And I do, I do love that she was a real good sport about it. She's like, oh, well, I'll, well, he, admittedly, Pee Wee was like, guess you got to go back in the box, Grace Jones, which is a bold thing to say to Grace <laughs> Jones. Shit, Pee Wee. Um, and she's like, well, since I'm here, shall I do the greatest rendition of Little Drummer Boys since David Bowie and Bing Crosby? <laughs> Sorry, Grace. Back in the box. Since I'm already here, would you mind if I sang a song? Oh, go right ahead. What are you waiting for, Christmas?
Yeah, she has a very synthy but very regal version oh my God. of that song. It's very good. Any hula hooping? No. Yeah. No, 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 no. Just a lot of emphatic dancing. Yeah. The special cuts for a commercial, and then Annette Funicello and Frankie Avalon demo making Christmas cards and eating some paint. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please, painting with potatoes. One of them is painting with potatoes, and they joke about him <laughs> then eating that potato. And then uh, Annette is making a like a stencil thing where she's brushing the uh, the paint on with a toothbrush and then smiles at the camera and reveals that she has green teeth because she didn't wash it before she brushed her teeth with it. <laughs> it is exactly it is. as weird as it sounds. It's it's Here's the thing. Pee Herman is intentionally a very odd character. And Annette, Frankie and Annette, weird out. Pee Wee Herman with the way they deliver lines. It's so good. It's so perfect. It's so good. Also, Frankie Avalon still delivers lines as if he's a petulant teenager and he is so old in this. It's very <laughs> weird. Um, but but enough about them because what happens next is Cher drops by and is trying to get uh, Conky to reveal the world word of the day to him. And this, is like, this is like late 80s Academy Award winning Cher too. This yeah. is like, I mean, it would have been fabulous at any point, but I like... I forgot Cher has an Academy Award. Yeah. Oh. How could you forget I know. that? I'm sorry. So she drops by, reveals that the word of the day is year. <laughs> and everything about it is heavenly. <laughs> the, the, way, the way she screams is just the most charming thing I've ever seen. It is. Yeah. The king of cartoons swings by to drop off two fruitcakes. And Annette is dressed in a Christmas tree poodle skirt. Uh, and he allows her to announce, let the cartoons begin, as is their one way. The cartoons do not begin. Instead, what we see on the TV in the Playhouse is Joan Rivers sitting um, in a Hollywood Squares box who stands up, wishes everyone happy holidays, and then strikes a bat wing pose to reveal that her voluminous sweater has Merry Christmas on it in sequence. Then the cartoon happens, but honestly, it's too normal to be of any note. <laughs> Billy Baloney tries to take over the special, but Pee-wee nips that right in the bud. Then he goes out and plays in the snow. He recommends that if you live in an area of the um, world where there is no snow, that you just substitute mass amounts of coconut shavings to make snow angels sled. You started with "kuh," and I was like, "Yeah, interesting. Where are we going with What's this?" What's funny is that uh, <laughs> you run into the, the guest star you see here is Little Richard. Oh. And they didn't make a cocaine joke, which, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. shows a lot of uh, restraint. Cowboy Curtis shows up, and they enjoy the Del Rubio triplets, who are 68-year-old women in Jiggle Bell miniskirts, sing Winter Wonderland. Also, weren't they the cousins of Eleanor? They are the great nieces of uh, Woodrow Wilson's wife. <laughs> sure. And were popular for, like, four decades <laughs> like they started they had kind of like a Andrew Sisters lounge show and then they regained popularity in the 80s because it was kind of like they were kind of like kitschy and fun so that's why they're in this beautiful little Richard is trying to ice skate in fringe leather pants and is having trouble Pee Wee tries to show him how it's done and we have a gag about him calling in a stunt double it works. It lands. Literature yeah. doesn't sing a goddamn word. Huh. Yeah, what's What's funny with this? So, like, I'll rec- we'll recap Neither this at the end. But, like, the people that they, every guest they had could have sang, but the ones they did pick were kind of unusual. We'll, yeah. We can recap that at the end after you get through the May. entire list. But uh, Pee Wee comes inside to drink some cocoa uh, to warm up, while Katie Lang does an interpretive dance uh, a la Twyla Tharp. An enthusiastic interpretive dance. A la Twyla Tharp, <laughs> while singing Jingle Bell Rock. With a puppet band backing her up. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously. Well, the, the band. Yeah, the band. The band. Um, Dirty Dog and 
at all. At all. Uh, Countess the Cow arrives with pal Princess Zsa Zsa Gabor. Um, and they simply drop off another fruitcake and acknowledge that they, in fact, know who Pee Wee Herman is. And then they leave. <laughs> and they're too divine for words. Um, Pee Wee steps into his phone booth to both Dinah Shore and Oprah. And when Shore breaks into a twelve day, a extended version of Twelve Days of Christmas, Pee Wee dips out, leaving a mannequin and a Pee Wee ma- mask in his place. Huh. And a and a Pee Wee like a T shirt model after Pee Wee's uh, suit. suit, which is great. I'm super jealous that someone else owns that, and not me. <laughs> um, we have a uh, moment of cultural exchange, learning moment. Uh, when Charo shows up uh, and crushes Felice Navidad while Pee Wee cha chas around trying to hit a pinata. <laughs> Oh, um, <laughs> Miss Renee, Pee-wee's neighbor, shows up and introduces, quote unquote, this is directly from it, the Jewish portion of the program. <laughs> um, she has brought eight fruitcakes and a couple of dreidels. Pee-wee spins one of the dreidels and it shoots into uh, the mouse hole where the where the playhouse dinosaurs live. And it reveals that these dinosaurs are Jewish. Finally, all the playhouse regulars gather for a Christmas party. The birth of Jesus is briefly, briefly discussed. Santa shows up and tells Pee-wee that his gift list was so long that Santa did not have time to make any of the other gifts for all the children in the world. Pee-wee is torn, but eventually decides that he will, in fact, redistribute his haul so that the children of the world may have Christmas presents. Santa invites him to help him deliver the gifts and lands a sick, I know you are, but what am I, joke. (laughs) Burn. Christmas is saved, and Jambi shows up to grant a Christmas wish of peace on Earth and and generally slays. (laughs) Finn. Finn. (laughs) Uh, this is this is such a good piece of entertainment. Like, honest to God. But also it's amazing because there's so many guests and they happen. It's like a rapid fire thing. Frankie Avalon, Charo, Del Rubio triplets, Annette Funicello, Whoopi Goldberg, Magic Johnson, Grace Jones, Katie Lang, Little Richard, Joan Rivers, Dinah Shore, Oprah Winfrey, and Princess Jaja. Like, it's like all of these people are on screen for maybe 10 seconds, yeah. I would say. I, except unless they perform a song. But like like Cher like pops in and pops up. The, the quickest pop in and out is Jaja Kabor. Oh, yeah. Like she literally comes in, like shows off her outfit, is like, of course, Pee Wee Darling, and then blows out. Like, with a cow. With a cow. With Countess Cow. Uh. Um, I like it. So when I, I read this article on the A-Club, A-Club, they pointed out that this was like a really weird thing and it is... I think pretty consciously gay. Like you have a lot of gay icons here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, something I didn't mention, but is great, is it reveals what Pee Wee's going to do with all the fruitcakes, which is he's building an extra <laughs> wing onto the playhouse and using the fruitcakes as bricks. And his so t- asking for him. And his two contractors are both shirtless and mustachioed. It's another uh, Tom of Finland reference. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for real. So like, and um, and if, and AV Club of course points out that while Pee Wee is of course pitched to younger audiences and many children did watch it, it's also like supposed to be there for like, you know stoned college students and hip parents and like everybody could watch Wee's Playhouse and those things are supposed to be like knowing winks to the audience like you know what we're doing here yeah I read yeah. a bit of it too and honestly I guess because you know, I, I watched I think I watched Wee's Playhouse when I was a kid and I've seen bits of it as an adult but like it's um I didn't realize like how genuinely kind of inspirational Paul Rubens was in that in that role like he um his one of his major points was to just be basically include he was sort of inclusive in a way that was not calling it out which in, in the 80s was just like a, such a 
when you have you know when inclusivity meant like really highlighting like the one black character on the TV show and being like hey tell us about your fate like it, really making an uncomfortable show but he's just like yeah people who exist and people are different and they all work in this magical world together and it's amazing and it's I don't know like he's really made a, it was consciously made he made a conscious point to like really make a, a very diverse and fantastic cast of people. It's funny you say that because I, like, as a child, I always thought that Pee Wee was, like, a Uh, weird Mr. Rogers. I mean, he kind of is. He kind of is. He is. He is. And I want to say one other thing. Yeah. Don't you tell me that Mr. Rogers didn't masturbate. He 100% (laughs) did. And you know what? Paul Rubens is not a pervert. Or maybe he is, but that does not prove he is a pervert. He was in a porn. He was watching a porn, and he masturbated. It's not a big deal. That's what everyone in that theater is there for. A hundred percent of people who go. This yeah. is a time before in the internet, friends. Yeah, that's how you had to masturbate. I mean, you know, and the fact that it it the, who cares? Who cares? I think it's time for him to uh, to to make resurgence. I think we should make a biopic about him. He had a special. I know yeah, he has, like, but like yeah. he should entertain children again. Yeah, he's very true. very true. good at it. And, um, you know, we right now we have all this Mr. Rogers love. Let's throw a little bit some Pee Wee's play. Yeah. He was very important, too. I mean, and also, I'm sorry. If you're an adult, you do not want to watch Mr. Rogers. It's it is exclusively for children and beautiful in its in, in its child focus. I mean, but yeah, also there's nothing not like... there's nothing wrong with that. But like <clears throat> Pee Wee is truly for everybody. Yeah. Also, Mystery Men is one of the most underrated films of the 90s. Yeah. And he's great in it. Yep. Also. I would just like to say again, Jombi is a national treasure. Jombi the genie? Jombi the genie is yeah. a national treasure. Is, yes. is there a better Playhouse member? The floor is pretty cool. Flory the floor? Flory the floor? Yeah. I, I, I learned from IMDb that Lawrence Fishburne is in it. He is. He's Cowboy Curtis. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, and he's in as Larry Fishburne. <laughs> yeah, he's not famous yet. So <laughs> He's not famous yet. Um, so... I so there are of course a lot of Christmas specials that that this is an intentionally like nodding towards, which is sort of like a variety show where you're pretending that you're in your house and people stop by and they perform with you and then they leave or they stay and like you know people show up with pies. So very familiar, but I have never seen one with so many people that I personally think are really cool. So I called this. All I want for Christmas is this crew. Oh, that's nice. I, uh, on a similar theme, because of the rapid fire display of fantastic guest stars with guest star of Bethlehem. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I called it Acid acid Visions of Sugar Plums. (laughs) It for sure is that also. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I think it's you, Andy. Andy. Thank you. Thank you so much. Speaking of me... Let's me talk some more. Uh, I, it's time for me to speak. It's time for me to speak because I did suffer through the next special. You asked for it. I did not even think we should do this, and you were like, we absolutely have to, and I will do it. Much like the birthday boy himself, I sacrificed my mental health and happiness you, you cruci- to endure. You crucified your mental health and happiness? On this thing that I had to watch. Andrew, it's, when yeah. did he sacrifice? I have no idea. Was there a dog there? 
<laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I watched the Star Wars Christmas special, and uh, I want to watch the world burn. Now, <laughs> it was so much. I so for context, I so I enjoy Star Wars fine. I, I enjoy the original trilogy. I'm one of those people who's like kind of a shit about all the other material around. I think it's unnecessary. But I think this is fascinating because this is the first truly unnecessary Star Wars film. That does include that uh, amazing Ewoks thing with the light of bracelets. Oh, yeah. I hope you mean. I've actually never seen that. Really? I know. It's, I hmm. feel like it, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I'm sure it's terrible. Oh, yeah. I but, mean, if it's anything like this, then it's, but nothing is. It's truly so bad. Jesus Christ. Uh, the Star Wars Christmas special. I mean, you've heard about it. You might have seen it. There have been so many articles and podcasts and pieces written about how awful this thing is. But until you see it, you really don't appreciate just what a nightmare it is. Um, the first, I would say like a tenth of this movie, I think actually legitimately like a tenth of this movie is just three people in the worst Wookiee costumes growling at each other. It's And it's how this begins. We start in... So the conceit here, just, just to take a step back, <laughs> is that um, it is not so much Christmas, but it's Wookiee Life Day. Uh, Wookiee Life Day is, is on the horizon. It's Life Day Eve, as it were. It's prenatal <laughs> day. And... Um, Chewbacca is trying to, or rather Han Solo is trying to get Chewbacca home, but facing a lot of Imperial entanglements along the way. So we cut to Chewbacca's home on his home world of Kashyyyk. Nerd inside reference there. He didn't even look at your notes. I didn't need to. Um, and we, we meet his family, his father, Itchy. No. Who looks, I mean, that's like an onomatopoeia. Like his name is what he looks like. It's just, you see him you're like, oh God, my skin. Ugh. He's the grossest looking, one of the grosser things I've ever seen on TV film or. He looks anywhere. like a Wookiee mask, a rubber Wookiee mask that you heated up in your microwave and then ran over a couple And then times. Didn't, <laughs> didn't spread some mange on just for kicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, his wife, Mala, who just looks like a, like a cheap Wookiee mask. Not, not, not nearly as disgusting as Itchy. But then his son, Lumpy, who looks like something out of my nightmares. Um, his whose son? Chewbacca's son. These people are oh. all Wookies. Yep. These are these are Chewbacca's family. But why does Chewbacca has a son that he just abandoned? Yeah, this is something that struck out. So I do think this this as terrible as this is, it is sort of a ahead of its time in that it is a Christmas story about a like kind of a a bad father trying to rush home to Christmas, a la Jingle All the Way or the Santa Claus movies. And you thought Darth Vader was the only bad father yeah, in Star Wars? Yeah. See. Same. Secret. So, like, in many respects, they're decades ahead of their time in terms of, like, how how Christmas things are structured. But, yeah, basically, the shot of this is, like, Chewbacca's a deadbeat dad trying to get home for the holidays. Um, and, wow, yeah, he's feeling so terrifying. So, I'm going to try to, like, to, to – to, so, this is, like, a two-hour endeavor. It feels much longer than that. But, basically, the central – the sort of eight It's only an hour long? No, it's two hours. Yeah, it's that a, feels more it's right. It's a feature-length Is that the film. longest one, I'm assuming? Mine were both 45. Oh, I think it's the longest one. Yeah, it's the longest You're one by welcome. far. It's the longest one by far. You, you chose it. <laughs> you chose it, insisted on it. Yep, again. I was going to give you the next one, but instead, Kelly lucked out in a big way. <sighs> yeah, oh my God. Can't wait to get to that. <laughs> um, <I>? Yes. <laughs> we watched it last night and enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> yeah. So basically, the, the, the A plot here is that, as I, mentioned, um, as I mentioned, Han and Chewie are out in space. Avoiding the Empire. Desperately training at home for Wookiee Life Day. Now, that is... Now, you see maybe... Like, that again, that's the most important part of the story. You see, like, maybe 10 minutes of this action. That, that's it. And then, like, you kind of cut back between these just bonkers vignettes. Like, um, I'm going to run through a few of these. So, Art Carney, uh, comedian from the 60s uh, and 
uh, guest star on the Star Wars Christmas special. Um, it's two. It's two credits. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There was an abortion built comedians in space apparently a long time ago. But Art Carney is a storekeeper on Kashyyyk who gets low stakes robbed by an Imperial guard with a mustache. Um, there's a cooking show. Oh yeah, he tries to sell the Imperial guard a pocket aquarium, which seems completely nonsensical. In the a tamagotchi. <laughs> oh, oh my god, a wet tamagotchi. Aquatic tamagotchi. A tamaflopchi, because fish flop. Okay. When they're not in water. That's cool. a terrible joke. I apologize. I'm keeping it in. Don't worry. It's much better than anything else to do with the Star Wars Christmas special. It's true. It's true. Uh, there's a cooking show with a four-armed man in drag. Uh, Art Carney at one point demands a kiss from Chewie's wife. He then gives Chewie's dad, already whose name is Itchy, something that's clearly supposed to be like some kind of weird space stag film. <laughs> insert this proton pack. Mm. Now then, Itchy, I thought you might like this. One of those that, uh, it's a real, it's kind of hard to explain. It's a, uh, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> happy life day. I do mean happy life day. Uh, itchy who, again, looks like a nightmare, puts a, uh, like a hairdresser sort of hairdryer thing on his head and has vivid hallucinations of legendary singer Diane Carroll. Um, so, um, yeah, so he, so Itchy plugs this thing in, puts his head in, and starts hallucinating crystals in space and Diane Carroll in a spangly outfit, and she says things like, I am your perfect woman. I am your ideal uh, pleasure. I am everything you want to be. Like, very sexy things she sings a song what's funny though it's it's encoded as being sexy but when you actually watch it it feels more like um it, it's like an emotional stag film it's like saying hey itchy you're great just a lot of af- positive affirmation <laughs> validating <laughs> yeah it's a really it's more of not so much about like being sexy it's just being like you know what you're okay compliments you're you're, you're gross you're old but you know what i'm here i'm your dream woman i love you i was in porgy and bass by the way. <laughs> I uh, was in Porgy and Bess. Yeah. I was best in Porgy and Bess. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, she goes a long way to validate him. At one point, literally, like, he keeps rewinding this like brief clip where she just says he is adorable. I'll tell you a secret. I find you adorable. I'll tell you a secret. Way creepy. Um, so Mala, the wife, makes something called Wookie Ookies. Dad doesn't explain what those are, but they're the available. proximity of that to uh, a stag film is very upsetting. <laughs> I just want to say. a stag film watched in like the living room yeah. around family during the holidays. My God, uh, we get to enjoy a lot of tender moments between Han and Chewie. Like, I mean, Chewie, I think it's not subtitled, but he basically tells Han he loves him, and Han's like, "Yeah, I love you and your family too." And you're like, oh, that's so sweet. Also, side note, Harrison Ford, like, brings it. <laughs> and by brings it, we mean he hated every minute of doing it. You can tell it through his performance. <laughs> but also, like... You but can... he's committed to being Han Solo. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. not... But it's just like, Han Solo was just pissed <laughs> this yeah. entire but, time. Like, everyone else is just, like, clearly kind of phoning it in. But he's, like, just doing his best upset well, Han Solo. <laughs> Mark Hamill has just, has just gotten in his terrible motorcycle accident. Yeah. And so he's wearing, like, 
a pound of foundation to cover up the fact that he's all cut up and like gross looking. Mm -hmm. So he looks nuts. And yeah. As you and I could probably both test, maybe Andrew, I don't judge. Uh makeup inside of a cut. Ooh, that sounds terrible. Well, I don't know, like I don't know what they did, but like he looks like a precious moments figurine. Oof. Like he looks really creepy yeah. in this. And Harrison Ford is basically <clears throat> like, I cannot believe I'm contractually obligated to be here. <laughs> yeah. And there's a bunch of people believe. in, like, terrible, cheap Wookiee costumes. Yeah, and we assume everyone else feels very similarly to that, except that they're all just wearing <laughs> Wookiee costumes, so it's impossible to tell. Yeah. And growling and masturbating, maybe? I don't even know. Getting affirmation. Who's to know? But, um, yeah, so after, after um, so eventually Carrie Fisher does pop up, uh, we have some cameos from Luke Skywalker. Uh, basically, everyone calls the house to be like, hey, let me talk to Chewie. Let me talk to Chewie. And Maul's like, Arr! and they're like, Chewie's not home? Bummer. Let me know when he gets home. <laughs> it feels deeply low stakes for what they're actually talking about. It's also really funny because I definitely don't want to talk to her. No. no like, oh. <laughs> hey, what's up, Mala? Hi. Hey. Oh, hi, hi. Hey. It's you. Is Chewie home? I got to talk to him about some rebel stuff. I, I, hey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then Carrie Fisher one pops up. Um, <laughs> and like, like, how are you doing in school? And you're like... Fine. Oh, like, <laughs> um, like, you just said a racial slur in my language. Wow. Like, wow, Luke. But Carrie Fisher pops up and uh, you know how, like, sidebar, you know, guys, you know how in uh, the show Sex in the City, the, this was, it's, it's observed commonly that the that New York City was like the fifth girl of the show. Uh, it makes it very clear when you see Carrie Fisher, as I mentioned earlier, that cocaine is the fifth girl <laughs> of the Star Wars Christmas special because she is just Zonked. She's out of her mind. Out of her mind, very visibly. Um, then after you get cut, you cut off these sort of guest phone calls with the main stars of the film. Uh, some stormtroopers show up at Chewie's house, and uh, I, honestly, again, not to not to like nitpick this piece of media, but I just feel like if Chewie had a family and the Empire knew about it, they would have been like killed. They, well, they would have shot at them and missed them terribly because that's what stormtroopers do. But maybe that's what they. Maybe that's what did happen. Maybe they've been trying for years and they just keep missing their targets. Um, Stay on target. Yeah. Uh, and then, so the the sort of imperial forces are just crashing and bashing around Chewie's home. Well, I can't even can call it Chewie's home. Chewie's family's home, where Chewie visits once a year. Chewie's treehouse. Chewie's treehouse. And then um, uh, Art Carney, the uh, store clerk slash uh, comedian, who had a pocket fish tank, uh, sits down like a thing to distract a, an imperial guard. And it's just like a little hologram with goddamn Jefferson's starship. Uh, they have the nerve to show up years before they had the idea to even record We Built This City on rock and roll. And that just seems disrespectful, frankly. Well, wait till you're ready. That's where they got the idea. <laughs> on, this, on this tree world, they, they confused rock and roll with trees. Yeah. <laughs> we built this city on giant trees. Well, and they were like, oh, no, I mean, work. the first version of it was, we built this city. We built this city on Wookiees. Uh, I don't, I wish. <laughs> um, and like everything in this this feature-length film, it goes on for so long. And it's a really bad performance. I'm not going to lie to you. It sucks, but it's kind of awesome. It's like, a four, it's like a four-minute performance. Four to six-minute performance of just like really poor live recorded audio. Yep. Uh, Lumpy watches a cartoon about his dad. This is the only this good is the part. Only, and also, this is... Fun fact, you might not know this. This is the point in Star Wars media where Boba Fett was introduced. This is the first time you see the character of Boba Fett. 
Also, the cart, the animation style is really interesting. It's really cool. Yeah, it's sort of like the point. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Like it's Harry like Nilsson's this is the, the point. Yeah, this is the only good part of this thing. Yeah, it's actually it's. I mean, it's like it's still ridiculous. But <laughs> you can't even call it a show. This thing, this, this, this thing, this abomination, this, perf- <laughs> this compilation of vignettes. Yeah, but yeah, Boba Fett introduced is introduced in the Star Wars Christmas special. That's a fun fact, and says more in that special than he does in any of the actual movies. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, does Boba Fett? Oh, I guess he does kind of talk yeah. a little. Boba Fett. Bit. I'm gonna say it. Kind of overrated. Yeah, very overrated, but fan. I do like yeah. him in the cartoon. Great in the cartoon. Um, but I, that, that's worth getting. That's, that's not worth sitting an hour through this monstrosity to watch five minutes of. But if you can spot it on you YouTube, just, maybe. Yeah, you can just fast forward. Yeah. Um, and then Lumpy appears to watch. This is really when, I mean, to say that the, I mean, there's, it's never on the rails at any point. But this is when if this moment where it kind of feels like it really hops off what rails might have been. Uh, Lumpy watches a super confusing thing that seems like a YouTube tutorial with a malfunctioning robot man. And just to clarify, now you're thinking when I'm talking about Star Wars and I say robot man, oh, like like a droid, like C-3PO. No. No. No, 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 no. Just a plain looking man pretending, like pantomiming, being a robot, not wearing silver makeup, not just, the- just like a dude. And, like, the deal is that he's, like, a robot, but he keeps breaking and teaching Lumpy to fix something. I think a toy that he got for Life Day. It's, it's, at this point, my brain was sort of, like, pouring out of my ears. Wait, are the droids in this at all? Very briefly. Mm. That's one of the problems. One thing that's worth noting. Star Wars does need the droids. All the the, uh, Star Wars's that have the droids separated are not good. It's true. You need them. Also, one thing I found kind of insulting. So they introduce all of the characters at the beginning of the film. It's like, oh, and, you know, uh, Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker. Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca. um, Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. And then R2-D2 as R2-D2. There was a man in that robot. His name was Kenny Baker. And he didn't get any credit for being in the Star Wars. He's the only lucky person on the entire cast <laughs> yeah. to not get any credit for being in the Star Wars Christmas special. Maybe he wasn't. Didn't it. they leave him in it at some point? I, still, I think there's a story about that. Like it's, he was it's just trapped. Trapped oh, in R2-D2. It's a nightmare. Oh, my God. Being um, trapped as R2-D2 or falling to the bottom of the ocean, which is worse. Three hours in, like, African sun. Oh, 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 I thought you meant falling into the bottom of the ocean. I'm like, well, I guess I wouldn't. Hmm. Definitely the worst would be falling to the bottom of the ocean trapped in R2-D2. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Which I guess, submarines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Diving does, bells? Do submarines beep and boop and bop? Who's they probably adorably. do. Uh-huh. If, uh, I, all I know about submarines I learned from uh, The Hunt for the Red October. Oh, so yes, they definitely do. <laughs> yeah. there's, that whole, there's that whole R2-D2 section. Yeah, That's yeah, great. yeah. <laughs> Kitty Baker was actually originally cast in the role that Alec Baldwin played in that movie. Did you know? That's a lie, uh, did but you a know, hilarious lie. Did you know that it has Sean Connery and Sam Neill, two men that I thought were very attractive when I was <laughs> a child and <laughs> so, very so attractive. The Hunt for Red October was a real sexual awakening for Baby Mary, is what you're saying. It was it was a pretty horny submarine movie, so I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I mean, those are both very dignified men. <laughs> I don't know if I would say I sexy. Had, I had amazing taste. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, the, those are two men that you, you'd be happy to, to bring home to your parents. Well, I mean, what? Mm-mm, no, Sean Connery, no, that would be, I would be happy to bring home either of those men to my parents and the, have my parents be like, will you, like, teach us how to do our taxes? Because you are way older than we are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, back to this madness. Um, so... At one point, apropos of nothing, all of the Imperial soldiers are summoned to the t- to the TV in the show. 
to watch a shitty remake of the cantina scene from A New Hope. The following live broadcast is recommended by the Imperial Council in the belief that your commitment to remain upstanding citizens will be reinforced. It is required viewing for all members of the Imperial forces. Time now for Life on Tatooine. Brought to viewers everywhere in the hope that our own lives may be uplifted by the comparison and enriched with the gratitude of relief. This transmission is unrehearsed and unedited and is hereby begun without further comment as to its lack of moral value. Do, do you guys know who owns Moss Eisley Cantina? I mean, I know because I've seen it, but... Kelly, you know? No. Who? B. freaking Arthur owns the Moss Eisley Cantina. Like, B. Arthur, B. Arthur? Dorothy from The Golden Girls is the owner and proprietor of the Moss Eisley Cantina. Maud. Is she dressed up as I know? No. Nope. She's nope. wearing her regular B. Arthur clothes, which actually blend in beautifully in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> yeah, that, that sort of three-quarter length sleeve sweater and white white sweatpants. Well, no, but like she wears lots of things that could be described as robes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caftans, kind of? It, it yeah. works. Oh, it works. yeah, but that scene is particularly good because it also goes on too long, like oh everything else. God, it goes um, on so long. B. Arthur basically is like, I, I, I don't have time to conversate. To talk with anybody, I gotta serve drinks to all my patrons. What'll it be? Hello, Acmina. Okay, we'll do it your way. Hello. Now we'll do it my way. What'll it be? Can we talk? Well, of course we can talk. We are talking. You're not ordering. I'm not pouring. We are not drinking. We are talking. I'm moving this to make room for a drink so that next time I say, what'll it be? And you tell me, I can put it right there. Doesn't matter. Give me anything. I'll have one of those. And then this guy walks up. He's like, hey, I love you. I love you, B. Arthur. Here's a flower. Here's a flower. He's like, that's great. Buy a drink is the upshot of it. He's like, okay. Buys a drink. Pours it into a blowhole on the top of his head. Just bloop. Like he's staring at her, smiling. It is like a Hieronymus Bosch painting. Just a nightmare of a man with a hole in his head, pouring booze into it, looking at B. Arthur. She eventually, after she breaks his heart, pours a pitcher of booze into the top of his head which is weird uh and hard to watch in many respects did he pay for it the worst part is the worst part is eventually she like she gets like a call on the telephone i assume well yeah there's like a big uh uh, curfew imposed by the empire and And she's she's like everybody needs to get out no one wants to leave everyone's like no we're sticking around we're gonna buy more drinks from you she's like guys seriously like i don't want these space nazis to like mess up my life and they're just like no and then she sings a song it's in relief that's, 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 that's the type of logic we're dealing with in the Star Wars Christmas special. Um, she and also, she, like, walks around doing kind of like a, have a heart, don't you know? I've always, haven't I always been there for you, huh? Yeah, huh? Yeah. Huh? And you're like, to get them to, this feels wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, she sings a song to the tune of the, the song the Cantina Band plays in Star Wars, which means that song has words. Huh. Also, Fun it's like fact. it's just like, slowed down so that a human being could sing to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I like the idea that Beyond is like, please come get drink, come out drink. of my bar. I need you to get out of here. <laughs> get out of my bar right now. I need you to go home. Da, 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 da
Put that hat on, Spirit, that your mouth is on the top of your head. Um, this is so beneath me. <laughs> I was on mod. I was mod. <laughs> this is beneath me. I wasn't me. even on mod. I was, was mod. mod. I'm a golden girl. <laughs> she was a golden girl at that point, too. She yeah. wasn't yet, I don't think, practically. What year was it? Oh, it's seventy. Sorry, yeah. I was still stuck in eighty-eight for whatever reason. Much like, I mean, the, really, the thing is, the, this this just did capture both uh, B. Arthur and Jefferson Starship before their best moments. <laughs> People, Maud is a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had an abortion. Big deal. Maud. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. what it's most famous for. It's also I remember it being kind of a great show too. I've, yeah. I've seen episodes. Yeah, Maud, check it out. Better <laughs> than the Star Wars Christmas special. Um, so then, finally, then we cut back to. Um, Kashyyyk and Harrison Ford bust in, messes up some Imperials. I literally stopped paying attention for a lot of this. I'm not going to lie. I, I I dropped the ball. My sacrifice was... Which uh, you chose again, to do. Again. Glad. You're only disappointing yourself. Yeah. You're only cheating yourself here because you're the one who insisted we do it. Yep. I Yeah, I'm not saying I didn't. Did you I'm have just saying another, like, another B-side? What was the one you cut? you remember? I think it was Pac-Man's Christmas. Uh-huh. Ah, what? <laughs> I would have watched that. Well, you want to watch this? <laughs> well, well, whatever. But then Harrison Ford um, delivers some meaty haymaker punches and legitimately yeah. does his does his best. <laughs> Are you more inside? Yeah. Our heads are okay. Right. Everything's okay now. Here's your daddy. Boy, is he grown? It's okay, everybody. He's gone. How are you? Come on. Makes you wonderful. Well, huh? Your son's been doing your crotch. Saved my tail more than a couple times. Well, I'd love to, but I can't. I gotta get back to the Falcon before somebody stumbles across her. Hey, will you look at Lumpy? He's sure grown, huh? I think his voice is changing. Come on, I'm just teasing. Well, look. I gotta go. Have a nice life day, but be careful. A lot of troopers in the area. Does his best. I mean, he commits to he commits to being like, oh, Lumpy, look how much he's grown. Uh, Sounds like his voice is changing. I'm just kidding. What? I, he does tell Chewie's family that he loves him. Not in the room at the same... He does also handle... Like, basically, Chewie doesn't do a damn thing. Han Solo busts in, punches some people. Cuddles pick, a child. Cuddles a child. <laughs> picks him up and hands him to his father and says, here, hold your baby. Yeah, or no, he says, here, here's your daddy. <laughs> yeah. And, or maybe, here's your dad. And then he's like, he's like, I got to get back to the Millennium Falcon so that nobody will mess with it. But I just want you guys to know that you're like my family. <laughs> like, <laughs> whoa, whoa. And, yeah, and then like we kind of kind of eventually cut to the scene where a bunch of people in like, I found it actually apparently this is the point in the production where they actually ran out of money. My mm. question is, what did they spend their money on? Nothing looks uh, expensive thus far. Art Carneys in this movie. <laughs> uh, it was like cocaine. Yeah. That's probably true. Um, but yeah, basically it's people who are wearing like uh, like drugstore Wookiee masks and red robes walk up into because space. Because they couldn't afford the whole Wookiee costume. The whole costume. Like, Wookiee costume. Uh. They walk up into space and celebrate Life Day. Then the rest of the actual Star Wars cast arrive and Carrie Fisher sings a song. 
And you can literally, and then they cut to all the other cast members. You can literally see the point at which they stop giving a shit. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, like Mark uh, Hamill being like, I'm actually in a lot of pain. So much right pain. And <laughs> like then physical. Debbie Reynolds shoves everybody to the side, starts tap dancing. <laughs> and Carrie Fisher's like, Mom! <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, Mom! Oh, that would have been amazing. <laughs> Why couldn't they pull that off? That's how it ended. Oh, I wish that's open. Which funny, actually, Debbie Reynolds played Mala. Wouldn't that be fun? Or Debbie Reynolds played Itchy the Wookiee. <laughs> that would <laughs> be Reynolds is lumpy. <laughs> that explains the fantastic tap work. Um, yeah, so she sings a song. Again, her eyes are just like... Blown out. Blown out. Blown glass. Um, and um, then I guess it's the end. I think. I, I kind of zoned out there. But yeah, it's... Uh... I maintain that this could be okay. You could cut. It should have been. It should have been about thirty minutes long. Mm-hmm. You could have had spent all of your money on a space chase scene with um, Chewbacca and Harrison Ford. Oh yeah. And then there could have been maybe like a little interstitial where Luke ca- arrives first and watches that cartoon with Lumpy, and then you go back and they make it there and then they celebrate Life Day. Like the song is not good, but no, it's no, not terrible. No, yeah. And at least it makes sense because it's like people you want to see if you're watching Star Wars. But that's it. It's all the other weird stuff that happens. Like, why are we wa- why are we watching like a variety? It's not even a variety show. No, it's hmm. like it does. It's like infomercials for Wookies. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It does really. I will say, convey how awful it would be to live in a space fascist society. I think that is its greatest accomplishment. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. That, yep. Some That's people. important for the Christmas yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do appreciate that this is the one special that was like, no Christmas tie-ins. Oh, no, not at all. Which funny because there, yeah. there is a Star Wars Christmas album, which is actually ridiculous, <laughs> as you might imagine. R2-D2, we wish, wish you a Merry Christmas. Christmas. R2-D2, we love you. It's true. Or the more topical, what do you get? A Wookiee for Christmas if he already owns a comb. A brush. A brush. Is the answer. <laughs> uh, we'll post. Mary's like, I have curly hair. No brush. No brush. Yeah. Better be a wide tooth comb, too. <laughs> um, and also a song where uh, R2-D2 reveals that he doesn't know what bells are. Oh, my God. What are bells? This is a good time to point out that Andrew on his Spotify has a playlist that just is called Christmas 2012. <laughs> and it contains one song. <laughs> yes, I forgot. And about that, that song is "Bells, Bells, Bells" from the Star Wars. You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You think of a place, you're like multiple songs, right? But really, the point is not to have multiple songs. It's to sum up a it's moment. It's a capture. Capture mood. something perfectly through as many songs as you need. And sometimes you just need one song. And in 2012, I just needed "Bells, Bells, Bells." <laughs> It's not even like it's not even like a famous one. It's just it's just the as opposed to all the famous Star Wars. Christmas I mean, what, what do you get a Wookiee for Christmas? Is like is the banger from that. I album. mean, if if carolers come to my door and they don't sing, what do you get a Wookiee for Christmas? I, I'm like, no booze for you, assholes. Not giving you a plum pudding. No, Point no, of no. order: Was Spotify around in 2012, Actually, or was, was that migrated? It was on iTunes. I think it's still there. Even better. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think it was. So, iTunes. so it was. A I think per- I saw it on Apple Music. It was a personal playlist. <laughs> it wasn't to be shared. That was just for me. Also, I also to play bells, bells, bells. Yeah. On also, you. <laughs> I put that shit on my iPod. Yep. My, yep. My, yep. And my iPod was not a phone. It had 120 gigabytes of just bells, 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 baby. The only reason is because when 
C-3PO says, what are bells? We have sort of like a like a Rocky Horror picture, so call and response sort of thing, because we always say, Jesus, you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I do I do appreciate that, like, you know, this, the Christmas special is a, just a, is a flaming nightmare. But the Christmas album has some moments. Has good moments. Yeah. I will say also that uh, the secondhand embarrassment of this Christmas special is <laughs> oh, potent. God. Potent secondhand embarrassment. It feels so terrible. The real crime is that it's so boring. Yes, which like, leads so directly boring. into oh, my category. Great. I can't believe CBS bought this Christmas snooze, <laughs> which I think also is wonderful for Christmas shoes being my song because that song also gives me deep secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> nice. I went again with the guest star of Bethlehem because it's just about the guest stars, but the guest stars are garbage, except for B. Arthur. God bless her. And technically Diane Carroll, but like this is so beneath her. Yeah. It's so. not be- beneath B. Arthur? No, um, it is. It's beneath literally she, everybody. But, but, but B. Arthur really like makes a meal out of it. Mm-hmm. And I respect that. She does the best that she can. Yeah. Uh, I called it stocking stuffed right down your throat. Mm. I would agree with that, except that, like, they didn't really market it beyond this. But basically what they said was, we need to have a Christmas special. And they made one, and George Lucas was like, oh, dear God, no. (laughs) And sunk it to the bottom of the ocean. And sunk it to the bottom of the ocean. Tried, but man, we... But no, we found... You've got to work to find it, but... Well, there's a way. Yeah. But that's not the problem. The true problem with this is that it's boring. Oh, it's so boring. It's so boring. It's not even enjoyably bad, which is why I couldn't believe that everyone to watch it. So yeah, I'm stepping for Christmas I, news. I, I'm going to give it to you. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas news. news. It's so painfully boring, even with that cartoon. Even with, Sir, uh, I want to buy this news. Even with, even this, despite the fact that an old-ass, crazy-looking Wookiee maybe masturbates in front of his entire family, it's just not that exciting. For some baby geeks. <laughs> Uh, it's life day time and this mask is hurting my face because <laughs> I bought it at CVS and it's cheap <laughs> yep on yep. TV it's like that lady who has the Chewbacca mask and just laughing hysterically <laughs> about it uh, oh, God. She, her Chewbacca mask is better than these Chewbacca <laughs> yeah. these wiki masks yeah. for sure <laughs> alright and I had Kelly. the next film Film. It wasn't a film. It was a masterpiece. Masterpiece. Special. Uh, the Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. Famous for being the weirdest Rankin Bass. And you know what? It is. Uh, and we've watched some weird yeah, Rankin Bass. I, were, all Rankin Bass is weird. Yeah. So that's saying something. Rewind to last Christmas when we did the Rudolph trilogy. Check that out. I did not think we could get weirder than that. Yeah, no, I no. thought. This I thought, is weirder. I genuinely thought that um, the whole thing with the time travel and the whale with the clock in its tail was. Peak weirdness and that nightmare baby bear. And, oh. oh, God. Oh. But good Lord. I will say that this is I'm hot take. This is the greatest story about Christmas ever told. <laughs> Including Jesus. <laughs> Including <laughs> the damn. Kelly, do uh, justice. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, we start on a ca- <clears throat> character named Tingler. <laughs> Great way to start. Any- I've often done it myself. We Why? are doing great. I, seriously, I was like, okay, Moby Dick, my name is Ishmael. Why isn't it Tingler? <laughs> Go with that. Come on. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, call, sorry, call me Tingler. Call me Tingler. <laughs> call me Tingler. Uh, Tingler is a uh, sound. What, what is Tingler? Tingler is a sound imp, guys. Uh, which you means, know, like they are. Yeah, which means he speaks many different languages, including bird languages. And uh, he's real annoying yeah. because he answers everything in multiple languages, including bird languages. Yeah, and just and some someone just like they are coming. The leaders of the immortals are coming. Great act, they are here. You sound imps always forget who you are talking to. It's me, Tingler. Speak my language, please. Sorry, so much to remember. The other day, I spoke in alligator to a wood nymph. Yeah. Not even like, just, just noise. Languages. Yes. Uh, so Tingler, Tingler is welcoming the immortals to a council meeting where their leader, the great Ack. Chops a guy's head off and takes his power. Nope, wrong no, immortals. No, Sorry. Wrong immortals. Sorry. Uh, the great Ack <clears throat> convened the meeting uh, to persuade the immortals to give Santa Claus uh, immorality. I put his immorality. Immortality. I'm desperately trying to remember that debate. That amazing uh, typo that you did for um, Halloween candy. Oh. We'll have to go back and listen. So should you, listeners. <laughs> oh, man. It's really going to bother me. Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> so basically how the great act decides to, uh, to uh, argue this case is to tell Santa Claus's story. Now, worth noting is that there have been... Produced by Rankin and Bass, multiple multiple Santa Claus origin story films. This but this like, one was written by the same person who wrote The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, this one is the best. This is this is I think the truest. Again, the greatest story about Christmas ever told. Uh, so the great Ack was wandering about one day, about sixty years uh, af- before this meeting was being held, uh, and found a baby, and gave that baby to a lioness. Who did not eat him, and instead... And absolutely has a name in this story. Yes. And was told by the great Ack to keep him warm and give him milk. So Santa was... Nursed by a lioness. By a lioness. Romulus and Remus style, but, you know, is But her name is Shigra. Shigra. And feline. Feline. Uh... Basically, what happens is the baby ends up getting kidnapped by an immortal. And all's well that ends well, because the immortal was given permission by the great Ack uh, to keep the baby and raise it. And the lioness decided to come along and uh, supervise this vision. Did you find it? Whoopers. (laughs) (laughs) Whoopers. I forgot about whoopers. I'm not a good speller, guys. Oh, I have many other man. talents. Whoopers. Uh, May all the typos be forgotten, never brought to mind. My unless they are whoopers, cause that is very funny. <laughs> my hope is that we will do this for long enough that we can then do a uh, 
uh, episode on my misspellings. Oh my god, <laughs> best oh my misspelled god, yeah. categories. Get to the meta category level. They're meta categories. Um, so not to pass judgment at all, but this immortal is shit at baby rearing, oh, <laughs> and this yeah. baby just crawls all over the forest by itself with its lioness chaperone. Uh, once the once clock, you mean Tingler is, is bad at Tingler, it? Tingler, yeah. Also, it's not Tingler who's uh, again. Oh, it's like a specifically f- did not learn her name. It's like a fairy. I remember, yeah, yeah. Like Celestria or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so once uh, Klaus, as he is called, then becomes a teenager, uh, the Great Act decides to show him how awful mortal life is, um, and basically showed him about how people starved and children get kicked. And what war is and commerce. Specifically talked about <laughs> commerce. <laughs> uh, uh, basically, Klaus just like realizes that he needs to go and help people and leaves the forest where everyone loves him and uh, moves to a workshop in the Laughing Valley of Ho-Ha-Ho uh, <laughs> with uh, Shigra and Tingler has to go with them. I mean, I mean, what is Tingler to do uh, except as, go yeah. with them? As Klaus gets older, he gets fatter and grows a beard. Important to the story. I mean, me too. Yep. <laughs> it's fair. Except your beard. Well, that's only because I that's have a, a, an ongoing like, reminder in my phone to check for the one dark hair that grows on my chin <laughs> you're like, every other month. Grow a beard, grow out my leg hair. Either or. I mean, literally in my calendar, it says check for spike. That's to check my chin. <laughs> Every other month. <laughs> month. Um, uh, so Klaus discovers a a boy left out in the cold or out in outside his house for whatever reason. I'm a boy. Yeah, hmm. trapped in a snowdrift, and he makes friends with an uh, orphan child um, who is super okay with a lioness being in the house. And then just curls up Pumped and takes a nap it. with her. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, he didn't have a house before, so he doesn't really know how things go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's uh, like, this is normal. Yeah. So Klaus makes a toy for this kid. And uh, when they go to the orphanage to drop that little asshole off, <laughs> uh, they all of the orphans sing a song about wanting a cat toy. I relate. <laughs> I would say, did, did, did that speak to you on a deep level? It did. It was a very annoying song. <laughs> they, talk like, about, they talk about how they want one more toy just to share it. And it's just like, but you have a toy. Share that one. The toys, like, he just invented toys. Maybe, like, give yeah, him a minute to, like, the, figure that shit out. That's a really important point. Yeah. Uh, Santa Klaus invented toys at this point. And uh, Tingler is naming all of the toys. Uh, <laughs> which isn't interesting. <laughs> Is he French? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Naming um, the toys. <laughs> so Klaus decides to continue to build all of these, to make these toys, uh, to make people happy. And uh, while they are doing that with some nymphs, Elves? They're not elves. Oh, there's uh, there's our elves. There's also nooks, which like nooks. what in God's name? Sure. There are wind demons. Yeah, there's all kinds um, of crazy stuff. Yeah, also worth noting the immortals we mentioned earlier. You think that might be like I don't know elemental things like Mother Earth or fire? No, it's like Lord of the Wind demons. Her Majesty, the Queen of the Water Spirits. Immortality. 
Princess Flash and Twilight. The protector of the nooks. The king of the riles. I bid you welcome. It's just like a, it's like a 13 or ish just nonsense beings. Uh, so that we worship and, and praise to on every Christmas day. That's the point, right? We, we worship the Peter Nook and the Lord who, Lord on who Christmas. Who has not, has not, uh, gotten down on bed and eaten. Thank the Lord for, for Peter Nook on Christmas day. <laughs> Lord, Lord of Lord for Peter Nook. Lord and of Lord. Nooks. Uh, so while Santa's <laughs> making all these toys, I keep calling him Santa, I don't care. Um, someone throws a goddamn rock through his window. Rude. Uh, to get him to stop making toys, We're like tied a note to it. Um, Not even a Rankin brick. Bass really had must have had some crabby neighbors because mm. they really like they really think that people really hate toys. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it is the Agwans led by King Agwa, who uh, and basically what they do is they cause children to do terrible things like steal and stuff. And they look so metal. <laughs> they look very metal. Uh, the Agwans can turn invisible. And uh, kidnap him, kidnap Claus, uh, who decides, who ends up escaping by getting rid of his little gag and calling on some nymphs to release him. Oh, please, him. some nooks. The famous mythical creature, the nook, which okay. look like weird, ugly dudes with huge eyes. They're kind of like a mixture <clears throat> between pixies and trolls. And they have gigantic, like gigantic reptilian tails. Yes. They are the weirdest There's a little bit of demigorgon in there, too. Yeah, yeah. The Nooks. Uh, so basically, the Agwans just keep stealing all the toys that Klaus makes. Um, and the Great Ack summons King Agwa and his followers to come and face the Great Ack because the Great Ack is in charge. And King Agwa defies the Great Ack's demand that he stop interfering with Klaus's efforts and declares war on the immortals. Dumb. Which, like, yeah, I mean, so like, much kinda... for war being just for mortals. Yeah. Also, like... also don't. Don't he, declare war on people who are called the immortals. Yeah, you're yeah. not going you're to not win. You're not going to win. Yeah, no. definitively. Uh, so <laughs> the immortals kill the Agwans for a little genocide for your Christmas entertainment. They really chase them into the hills. No, they they just straight up murder. They like, murder. Do we see murder them? A lot of them. Yeah, oh. like viciously. Uh, so Klaus's friends prepare. Yeah, that, that, the Klaus's mom fights a dragon by using a stick. To blow wind, to blow the dragon's fire back on it and burn it alive. That part is great. That was so hard after they made fun of her. Core. Yeah. Well, I mean, to uh, be fair. Yeah. So Klaus and his friends prepare a sleigh to deliver toys to the village, but it's too heavy for them to pull. Uh oh. Mm. So one of the other immortals comes up with the idea of hitching reindeer from the forest to the sleigh to pull it. And uh, they travel across the valley in a sleigh, uh, Tingler and Shigra and Klaus. And the sleigh makes multiple large leaps, which Tingler says feels like flying. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tingler would know. And then uh, just <clears throat> as a quick reminder, because this is how it ends, is how uh, Klaus is towards the end of his life, an aged 60-year-old man, uh, it is the past. Yeah. So he suggests to his friends, because he's probably going to die, 
uh, that they remember him by decorating a tree every year, and then all the immortals gift him immortality. So then he delivers toys forever. And, and then they give him immorality, and shit gets dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oof. Does Shigra die? I don't think so. She, I think she's an immortal lion. Linus. Mm. Yeah, so I think I think, like, she's in that forest with them. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's just so good. Truly better than the Bible. Just saying. Just at least that Christmas part. Comparable with the Bible. Yeah, I mean, up there. Up there. Yeah. About as many characters as the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) True. And they Uh, have as many weird names. Yeah. 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 If you can find a copy of this, watch it. (laughs) And you're welcome. I went with alternate Christery. Because this is the weirdest way to interpret the story of Christmas that I've ever heard. I do love that Rankin and Bass are just like, I mean, I, first of all, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not like an anti-religious person by any stretch of the imagination. But I love that so many of these stories are like, yeah, Jesus just wasn't a thing. Christmas. Christmas is the deal. Yeah. I thought later one of them got real Jesus-y. I mean, maybe, maybe this, this, that was their, their apology piece. It's like, uh, we really just, we really took the Christ out of Christmas. <laughs> it's our fault. <laughs> We were, we were the, the pro Santa lobby really like drained that <laughs> drained that piece. I have something similar. Step into Mythmas. Let's uh, get together. Once again, I'm just like expected to know what a nook is. There is no explanation. I'm just dropped into this world, which has very clearly a complicated rules and a complicated social structure. And I, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm coming or going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I called it Acid Visions of Sugar Plums. Also appropriate. Mm-hmm. 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 I think Mary. Mythmas. Mm-hmm. Mary. Yeah. I also juiced that because it's like your favorite. It's one of your favorite Christmas songs. <laughs> you sneak. Sneak. You nook. Sorry. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Is that appropriate? I don't know. What? I don't know who, what a nook is. Who can say? All right, finishing up the list with another Johnston family canon mm. piece. Um, this was on the same uh, recorded off the television set in uh, in '88 as our Grinch and our Muppet Magoo, our, uh, our our Magoo's Christmas Carol, and then it ends with Muppet Family Christmas, replete with California raisins commercials. At all, <laughs> uh, all those Seven Up Santa Claus commercials. What a weird tie-in. <laughs> so it's the Muppet Family Christmas. This special opens on a pastoral scene of pine tree of a pine tree-lined countryside highway. Glorious movie snow is drifting down and swirling around a beat-up pickup truck piloted by Fozzie Bear. The truck is loaded with Muppet pals who are all excited to join Fozzie at his mother Emily's farm for Christmas. Hmm. The gang arrives and come to find out Emily Bear was not ex- expecting any of them, and has rented out her farmhouse to Doc and Sprocket of Fraggle Rock um, because she plans on jetting (laughs) off to Malibu for a week for surfing lessons. The whole Motley crew decide to stay in the farmhouse and spend Christmas together. And Doc... What did Doc sing about that? uh, Well, Doc suggests that he still thinks he can still have a nice, quiet country Christmas, revealing his classic brand of baleful optimism. (laughs) Miss Piggy is conspicuously absent. Mm. We learn via phone call with Kermit that she is being held up at a photo session and will be late, which makes Kermit very worried because the snow is coming down pretty hard outside. The Muppets all begin decorating the house and baking cookies while the electric mayhem jam out 
a ver- a great version of Jingle Bell Rock. Mm. The Swedish chef shows up with a wise cracking turkey, and Fozzie is planning a comedy after the sent- sentient snowman. It's all very charming. <laughs> a group of carolers-, carolers from Sesame Street arrive and decide to join the party. Ernie and Bert chat with Doc about letters and numbers, and when Doc points out how weird that is, they simply tell him that that's small talk where they come from. <laughs> All of the Muppets continue to prepare for Christmas as the new- as the news comes on that the worst blizzard in 50 years is approaching the area. Kermit realizes that Miss Piggy is out in that storm trying to make it to Emily Bear's farmhouse. The turkey is, in the meanwhile, the turkey is negotiating the Christmas dinner terms with the Swedish chef in the kitchen. And he points out that he is not the most succulent bird in this household and gestures over to Big Bird. <laughs> the Swedish chef is shook. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I recognize it now. This is, this, this is the traditional fitting, right? To see if the roasting pan is big enough for the nice fat bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gobbler, gobbler, turkey, fitsky, whitsky. Of course, uh, <laughs> before we go any further... Uh, there is one thing I think you should see. New Miss Christmas Gobbler Gobbler Snooze? If you think I'm a nice fat bird, look at this! The Muppets perform Twas the Night Before a uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas pageant, and Bert is conscripted into the role of Ma, curlers and all. <laughs> The Swedish chef has a touching moment with Big Bird in the kitchen over chocolate-covered bird seed and the struggles of being an immigrant celebrating Christmas away from his family. Wait, he, is Big Bird he's, not American? He also is far away from his family. Uh, so he's talking to he, But he has a moment of empathizing with the Swedish chef. He says, well, I know that your family's in Sweden, and it must be very hard to be away from for the holidays. And since no one has ever been nice to Swedish chef, this moves him deeply. Oh, <laughs> des- The Swedish chef decides not to murder his new friend <laughs> and announces that dinner will be shredded wheat and cranberry sauce. Does he not know about ham? <laughs> Miss well, Piggy, Piggy wasn't there. Yeah. Well, she's not there yet. <laughs> Yeah. Beef hmm. tenderloin. There's that weird, like, doughy-eyed cow from Sesame Street, but, <laughs> I mean. Snuffleupagus meat. I mean, that's got to be good, right? They do kind of lampshade the fact that in all of these universes, there are similar animals that have different powers depending on what there is. For instance, the Muppet dog, Rolf, mm-hmm. interacts with Spart Rocket, and he's like, oh, you're from the old country. Yeah, bark, bark, woof, woof. <laughs> That's to, talk to, to talk to Sprocket, it's good. <laughs> so great. Doc heads out to look for Miss Piggy while Kermit and his nephew Robin head down a fraggle hole <laughs> and confirm that the fraggles celebrate the worst kind of winter holiday imaginable. Uh, their holiday centers around re-gifting the same orange pebble around the group forever until they die. Wow. They give it to Robin, which hopefully will force them to find a better gift to re-gift next year. <laughs> He's not coming back. Suddenly, Miss Piggy arrives via dog sled, piled with presents, and Doc, driving it, dressed as a Mountie. A satisfactory answer to how all of that comes to pass is never offered. <laughs> and, and never asked. Yeah. I accept that. It's fine. Yeah. I embrace it. Now that all the Muppets are assembled, they gather around the crackling fire in the living room. Emily Bear tells Fozzie that his friends are weirdos, but they're nice weirdos. Hmm. Kermit gives Miss Piggy a mink. And she's initially disappointed that her fur is still alive and named Maureen, but quickly recovers when Maureen tells her that she has seen everything she's ever done and that she's her biggest fan. Robin gives Grover the fraggle pebble. Sadly, this tradition refuses to die. The gang (laughs) sings a medley of carols 
while Jim Henson watches from the kitchen, commenting to Sprocket that he likes it when the Muppets have a good time. But somebody has to do the dishes, and he'll watch, wash while Sprocket dries. And the audience has to do the same things to their eyes as they weep over the true and simple beauty of this wonderful franchise. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a deeply sweet story. It's so good. I wish all, every Christmas I ever had was like Muppet Family Christmas. Just like a big weird household of people. Except I definitely would serve a protein. <laughs> Shredded wheat and cranberry sauce is not enough. Shrimp. Are there any giant Pepe. squids? Pepe the prawn. Oh, he's, not, he's not there yeah. yet though. Yeah. Hmm. What Do they animal? have a crab friend? I don't know. A lobster you could just, friend? You could just pluck its arms off and it'll grow back. It's fine. Back. It's yeah. not killing them. I don't know if there's a sheep. You could do lamb. A leg of lamb. Mm-hmm. Just not chickens, you know, because Gonzo's had sex with them. Yeah. That's that's, that's a plot also, point that's of also, the That's Let's... also another issue in this, is that the turkey wants to move in on Camilla the chicken. <gasps> oh. No. Which begs the question, is Gonzo a bird? Or just like a dinosaur? If, if Gonzo's a dinosaur, is he Jewish as well? Obviously, Muppet Christmas Carol is amazing, but this is an amazing... This is also amazing. It deserves mm. to move into the spotlight more, yep. I feel like. Um, because it's a B-side show that slays. Oh. Mm-hmm. I called it 12 Days Early, because, again, this is a situation which multiple franchises slam together and every possible character is there. Also, sidebar, I just realized that there's a perfect reflection in my categories. It's literally like the first three reflect. Yeah, it's like they... Oh, yeah. you have like a mirror image? You have a total mirror image. Never done that before. That's interesting. That's fascinating. It's a... Guys... It's a Christmas miracle. Sure. The most unimportant Christmas miracle. Most low stakes Christmas miracle <clears throat> that's of all ever time. happened. Yeah. Excellent. I call mine. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> I think it goes to you, Andrew. All right. Well, I'll take it. We did it. We, we did, did it, it for Christmas. Uh, we did it for Christmas, guys. Bong bong. Bong bong. Ha 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 Technically could have done it with anything, couldn't I? You you could have. Ha 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 is the funniest because it's a little bit of a dour song. Ha Anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening as always, and don't forget to tune into our great Christmas album, Christmas album of us laughing along to your favorite Christmas <laughs> classics. Actually, just listen to our uh, Christmas our Christmas episodes from last year where we talk about proper songs. <laughs> yeah, and um, more Rankin Bass nonsense. It's true. It's true. Uh, but thank you as always. Thank you for a wonderful year. We will see you guys again in 2019. Yeah, we're taking we a little back, break. We have a break uh, for the holidays. So, so we can enjoy it with our families. Thank you. And while we're on break, why don't you give us a little gift, a five-star rating, possibly even a review on your podcast platform of choice. Tell your friends, tell your family. They will appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You can give that to them for gifts instead of gifts. Yeah, this actually, year. honestly. Yeah. Give, just give <laughs> recommendations. Just print out a picture of our Apple podcast page. <laughs> wrap it up in the largest box. In the largest box you can find. Throw in of, some Of Amazon cakes. Prime gifts that you bought for yourself. Put, yeah. on, put one of those carbos on it and go... <laughs> Wrap all of your fruitcakes in it and then throw it through people's windows. They will love it. Anyway, 
Thanks as always, guys. Happy holidays. Bye. 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 Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Festive solstice. Happy Life Day, most of all. But most of all, happy Life Day. And have a wonderful New Year. Indeed. See you in 2019. Don't drive drunk. Bye. An Outrageous Mechanisms production.